got a high fever. about what time is it 5 12 in the morning i just got off work it's tuesday and i thought hey i'm gonna record an intro to this podcast while i got some free time because i've been slacking it has been a month plus since my last podcast drop and for my plan of trying to do two a month it doesn't look like it's going too well but fuck it once i get this equipment on my own and Upgraded, I'll be able to bring you the content you need right away. So, without further ado, before we get started here, I want to thank uh, Modest Music for recording and letting me use the studios, and hopefully we'll do more work with them in the future, music-wise, podcast-wise, video-wise, all that. So, because, yeah, them are all good dudes over there. I went, recorded in their studio, got together with a Mankato musician, and as a kid, he's got a pretty impressive resume. You know, he'll tell you all about it, but recently, new world record holder, guitar player, musician, singer, songwriter, good vibe tribe leader. What's up, y'all? Give it up for my next guest, second episode of the What You On podcast, Tanner Peterson. Let's go. But we did it, we're here Welcome to the What You On Podcast Starring Big Kalo and today's guest We got a fellow musician, Mankato, St. Peter native Tanner Peterson, what's going on brother? How yo, you yo. doing? Thanks for having me on this Yeah, hell yeah, I'm fucking, I'm excited Cause I'll just get into it for like the intro When I first saw you downtown playing guitar When I first started going downtown, turned 21 Met my girl and our favorite pastime is, you know, getting sloppy drunk down at Blue Bricks in that little corner. So, but then one fateful night, I saw some, a guitar player, a young man, young blonde haired stallion. And I was way too drunk for my own good. I said, hey, I need you to play me a song right now. And you said, what? What song? I thought, you know, Danny California. Busted right on into it. We duetted the whole song. Forgot some of the lyrics, but yeah, it was... Facts. Yeah, that was magical. Yeah, shit like that. Oh, they're green tea. How's your green tea? That shit good? Pretty good, pretty Hell good. Yeah. I'm pretty sensitive to caffeine, but tonight's <laughs> a special occasion. Hell yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Hey, you can scoot the mic closer to you, get more comfortable, so lean back or whatever. All right, so we'll get into this started. Um, Let's see, what's on my little cheat sheet here? I want to go back to your to your roots, What like as a child, what... Do you remember your first musical memories, like, where, I don't know, you remember hearing a song and getting super excited, singing a song while you were young, just anything like that? That's a great question. I actually do. Um, I've said this to a number of people recently. Okay. Um, I remember being, like, four or five, 
uh, in New York, in Angelica, New York, which is close to Ithaca and Buffalo, New York. Right, okay. Um, I remember being four, and my dad was obsessed with The Doors and Pink Floyd. And I remember laying in in some friend of the family's couch, and there was like this, this like PowerPoint going on, like on a big screen. A PowerPoint, and, uh, like... Pr- what, were they getting sold something? Was the PowerPoint? It was something like, from my dad's work. My dad, he's like an IT guy. Oh, um, okay, yeah. But uh, Jim Morrison, The Doors, uh, Love Street was playing. Oh, and I remember yeah, watching yeah. that. Like, I was just watching, like, this um, presentation, like, go by um, while that song was playing. And I was just so mesmerized by that song. I remember, like, so distinctly, like, just every single second was just, like, super, like, fascinating to me. And everything. Oh yeah, hearing, um, hearing so, Jim Morrison as a child—that's probably, yeah, yeah. That's probably nuts. I can't remember hearing Jim Morrison as a child, honestly. But I was very classic rock oriented as well. So, yeah, it was just something about hearing the guitars and that that piano, Ray Manzarek, like he was, yeah, he was super yeah, nuts that with organ, it. and then him just speaking poetry over all that shit. That's, yeah. Yeah, no, that shit's magical. I never really appreciated that kind of like musicianship as a kid, but once I progressed into my, you know, playing more my artistry, I was like, wow, this is, this is mind blowing. I can't even believe this. Yeah, there's a lot to it. All right, but then, um, all right. So from there, I guess as a kid, was there what was the music like in the house? Was your parents very music oriented? Any instrument players or? Yeah, so my grandma she plays piano, and I just recently started taking more lessons from her. Uh, much love to my grandma. Hell yeah. Um, she's amazing. She's one of the best piano players I know still to this day. Um, and she doesn't she doesn't really like uh, take any credit for it, but she's super humble and everything. What was but she she's just amazing. A, oh, sorry to interrupt, but was she just like a classical pianist, like concert piano or? Um, she mostly played for her church, um, oh, but okay. she did Hell tour yeah. um, back in like her 30s or something. But that was before I was alive. Right, of course. Um, but she did a lot of, of touring with like this this music band, um, it was a lot of like classic, um, old school music, um, like from like the fifties and stuff 50s like that. Fifties, oh okay. Um, so she she's very very old school. So I learned a lot of history from her and everything. Um, oh yeah, because that, that was an interesting time in music because that's when like they first started on, um, I guess, not really the startup but like mass marketing of music yeah. and musical artists and stars and they started trying to make musicians giant yeah everything was just booming mm-hmm. and uh it just keep it's kept on booming and booming and now everything's just kind of turned into like it was huge currents that were being created and now it's just a bunch of tiny streams mm-hmm. and there's more opportunity than ever before nowadays thanks to all of that the internet straight up that That's... industry booming for the past like Almost 100 years now. I mean, right when the internet started, the first thing that really, you know, got fucked up was the music industry, because, like, with uh, Napster, Kazaa, those were, you know, right when the internet started up, early 2000s or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, because I remember being a child, and people were like, oh, what song do you want? I'll download it right now. Boom. And I was like, what? You... This is insane. But now with streaming, that's just commonplace. Yeah. And I got in some pretty interesting conversations. This has been on my mind a lot because I just recently got back from South Dakota. Right. But I had some pretty interesting conversations with my grandma because she just told me how everything worked back in back in her day, basically. And I was trying to explain to her how everything is now with like social media, especially 
and just the way that probably just an basically alien concept like to her, like though. entrepreneurship is kind of becoming a trend now and everything and mm-hmm. being a musician you're basically an entrepreneur so oh, you yeah. got to look at your music as a business and um i've really learned about that i was trying to explain that to my grandma and she was just like that that's not the way it works and i was like <laughs> grandma like well, it's just things are changing so right. fast right now and it's so important for anyone who wants to be a musician I'm really learning this that you got to like see what's happening. Like TikTok just recently came out and everything. Right. You just got to take full advantage of whatever is in right now right. because things are all of a sudden going to change again. Oh yeah, no. The I mean, especially nowadays, it's really easy to to recycle trends and something's in fast and something's out. But that's that's kind of a funny concept I've been thinking of too because, you know, at the end like I think of like painters back in the day, like Leonardo da Vinci, da Vinci, guys like that. Like when they painted something, was it because they wanted to be great or was it because they had a vision of something beautiful and they said, I, I got to get this out somehow? Yeah. Like maybe it was just some anxiety that was going on within them or something. But then as you progress and get into this modern age and you realize, yo, anything can be used as a currency. Yeah. Anything can be sold, yeah. especially music. Like, Take something so abstract as sounds and like vibrational waves, yeah, and to put a dollar value on it, yeah, and not even based on you know the value, it's just the value of the person, how many eyes they can get on them, how many people that they can be sold to, yeah. But yeah, like for someone who wants to you know supplement their income off of music and not have to work a regular job and do something they love, part of it is yo, you that's just the route you got to take. You have to want to be, you know, yeah. you have to want to be business. You have to want to be fucking profitable. You have to want to be, you know, ready to be sold, like selling out that whole, yeah, that whole situation back then. Oh, he sold out. He's taking yeah. money from it. Why not? Yeah. Why not put himself in a better situation for him, his family, his kids? His, yeah. You know. Yeah. It's interesting. I think there is an art to business as well. And it's just mm. the way that the times are and everything for sure. And, yeah, I mean, every, every, I was just having a conversation last night. Every artist, um, every great artist uh, knows how to properly steal. Um, but <laughs> no, it's hard yeah. to steal. It's hard to, like, it's hard to steal from the right sources and everything. Right, right. Um, so. Well, I mean, I think of that with, like, you know, hip-hop in the 90s with sampling. All yeah. those were disco songs, you know. Yeah. Old Motown songs. It's like, you know, all great music has been recycled at this point. Like, yeah. melodies, scales used, like. It, I I rarely hear music where I go, that is something I've never heard before, something I can't even imagine. Yeah. You know? Well, I learned even that, like, the, the Beatles and, like, really big, and even Bob Dylan, I didn't even realize it, but Bob Dylan and the Beatles, their first debut albums were, like, um, 80% covers. Yeah, So, yeah, like, exactly. they started out playing... All those old rock songs. Elvis, I mean, yeah, all yeah. those were covers from, you know... J- Chicago blues musicians and yeah all of those artists mm-hmm. stole like in the beginning like they then they made it their own so like you it's like don't don't take it the wrong way like right you take the great ideas but then you morph it into your own originality but yeah and that's just you know playing to human psyche like something familiar something that triggers a memory for someone it's a lot easier for someone to gravitate towards that than you know finding something out of the blue that they've never heard before yeah uh, you know that was a nice little segue, but let's get back to this. So when did your grandma start teaching you piano? Did, was she adamant on you taking lessons as a child, starting to learn like that? 
Yeah, so um, when I was like around the same age, four or five, I remember her giving me piano lessons, and I remember me like hating it, basically. Oh yeah, for sure. But uh, to a kid, that's just it was torture. so hard for me to just stay focused, and I didn't have much motivation towards it. Um, so it was always there for me as a kid. Um, I remember watching old like tapes of like me like just messing around with guitar. Um, and I don't remember that, but I remember seeing like the tapes of me doing it. Um, and my dad, he plays guitars and drums. So luckily it's all thanks to my grandma and my dad that, that kind of morphed the way that I'm wired now is my grandma played piano and then my dad, he played mostly drums and a little bit of guitar. So all of those instruments were available to me um, since I was a baby. And that's the bread and butter right there. If you can play all those, you can pretty much play anything. Like, not wind-related, but... No, yeah, that's what that's what I really got interested in, too, because I, I would see people play guitar when I was young, and I was like, that's, that's just so cool. Like, that's just wicked. And then when I first started seeing drum sets, I started gravitating towards that, too. Yeah. And so, I was, yeah, it's, it's crazy how those, like, wires get crossed as a young kid and yeah. something just as little as, you know... Well, that, especially having it in your family, that's such a huge leg up, just being having that instilled in you. Yeah, I'm very lucky. I'm very lucky to have my, my grandma and my dad. <laughs> Hell yeah. All right, so from there, um, did you ever play any music in school at all, like any part of the school band? or? I didn't um, join choir until I was in high school. Okay. Um, but I started my own band uh, when I was like second grade. Oh. When I got my first electric <laughs> guitar. And uh, we we played uh, "What I Like About You" and "Wild Thing." And All right, like, what uh, about these band members? Were they just <laughs> pro- musical prodigies too, or what? Like, yes, yes. Dylan Durham, shout out to him. If he watches this, that'd be the funniest <laughs> shit in the world. But uh, um, am I allowed to swear on this podcast? Do I've, okay. I've, I've dropped okay. so many f bombs. Okay, I've lost count. I wasn't sure. But uh, he's from he's from New York. It was when I was still living in New York, um, near Buffalo. It's this little village of 900 people um it was basically just me and dylan and uh we would just jam in his dad's music room and uh i remember like working on writing my own stuff then too and i remember i did write a couple of songs um we never played any shows or anything what's that second grade content like what's that second grade songwriting like what what kind of <laughs> topics does a second grader have to... I don't know. I, okay, maybe maybe we have tapped into something where I don't want to share all the information. Maybe that's the one thing I don't want to share. Hey, don't is, even is worry about it. But what no. the songs are about? I wrote the songs that I wrote about. A second grade. Second grade. A second grade. Really mind is just yeah. It's it's funny because I remember much. I remember those songs and maybe I'll release it at some point. But um, yeah, remastered. There were some. Digital. There were some pretty corny songs. I know they were very very corny. That's what I'm talking about. Hey, I, I remember my first lyrics, and I was like, "Wow, this is what it, this is what I thought it was. Yeah, this is what I <laughs> this is what I thought would get me famous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is crazy. But no, funny. so um, yeah, I, I never started a band in high school or like in school either. I wish I would have done that because I was around some pretty good musicians. What about as you're older? Was that kind of your mission? Like, I'm gonna get a group of ragtag individuals, and we're gonna sit in Take a garage over. all day and come up with fucking the finest music anybody's ever heard. That's exact. I was, I was totally the cliche guitar player. I found a band in high school. Shout out to Jacob Urkel. He's very, very talented. Um, he goes to MSU and he's in Irie Minds. Shout out oh, to Irie okay, Minds. Yep. It's been really kind of a trip seeing him grow 
with that band, Irie Minds. Oh, yeah. Um, and he was he was in my band, or we were in our own band. It right. wasn't my band. It was our band. But uh, we were we, we had our own band. We, we were called No Reception. <laughs> <laughs> it was me, uh, Jacob Urple. Shout out to Colin Lusty. He was our lead singer. And then we switched to a different lead singer, Logan Woods. Shout out to him. We played at the Nicolette County Fair um, oh, okay. in St. Peter. We played the open mic at Patrick's a number of times. Oh, yeah? Um, we played I don't at, see too many open mics at Patrick's anymore. That was probably... Yeah, those those were like the old days, I guess. It was like 2012 when we when we did that. Shout out to Patrick's. That's my favorite establishment. Yeah, yeah. They're great. Shout out to John Mayer. <laughs> hey, yeah. hell yeah. But uh but yeah, so we we had a lot of fun. Um we wrote a lot of songs together. And for a little while, I felt like I was kind of like um the one that was really like willing to like take it to like the next level of like I'm willing to give everything up. I don't know. I don't know if any of my other band members thought of this, and I, I love all my other band members, but they all decided to go different routes and everything. But. I mean, that's that's usually how it is. Like as a kid, like you dive into an interest super heavy, and yeah, eventually it just doesn't spark that same fire for everybody. Exactly. So. And I was I was really searching for that fire in someone else. I used like, to get butt hurt really... about shit like that. Like, why why aren't you in this with me? Yeah. It's just like you know, people go through stuff and. Everybody's brains work a little differently, yeah. so, you know. Yeah, everyone has different upbringings and everything. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, there, there just came a point where I, I considered, like, dropping out of high school, like, like the classic guitar player. Yeah, dive I in. Ooh, I was, like, I was ready to I'm dive in. About. I was really, <laughs> really ready to dive in. Like, the thought of me being, like... <laughs> I know my, my parents and my grandparents, they, they don't like to see me uh, put myself into uncertain situations but mm. it seems so like romanticized to me <laughs> to spend like just to move down to LA with like no money and just like meet people there right, and like just right. go on the side of the street and start busking like that was that was in my in my my dreams um when I was like 15 um I really really wanted to do that and I was like I knew that I had to wait like three more years or whatever right. uh, before I could graduate and actually do it so those those years were tough, especially the last year, senior year. Like, holy crap, man! Like, and being a teenager, you're I like, knew I'm grown. I can handle this. Yeah, I, I could do this shit. Yeah, I mean, I was yeah the classic angst, like oh, angsty yeah, was, teenager. But I was on that same shit too. I thought I thought I had it all figured out. <laughs> yeah. I thought I had it all figured out. And yeah, I've learned that I don't I don't have it all figured out. <laughs> but uh, but I did know from from back then that that's what I wanted to do. And mm. uh, so right when I graduated. Um, my band, our band, uh, no reception, all of my, both of the singers were turned into barbers. So they're not barbers. The, the bass player, he's still, he's still playing music. I'm really glad. I'm really proud of you, Urkel, for, for, um, growing with Ari Minds and everything. Um, that's really cool. And I'm proud of all my, all the other band members too. They're all, all the rest of them went to college and are getting pretty much normal jobs and everything yeah. <laughs> and, and uh, throughout your teenage years when did you really start diving into like what music like shaped those like what albums did you have on repeat like okay cool because i know those teenage year music like it it really it, it shapes developed. what you listen yeah, to the rest of your life who you are yeah um i was really really heavy into um classic rock in the beginning right um like pink floyd led zeppelin like in middle school like i went through that phase like heavy like acdc like Slash was like my absolute idol. Like he yeah. was, he was like a god and everything. <laughs> Hell and like yeah. I got a Les Paul when I was like ten years old. <laughs> shout um, out, shout out Gibson. And uh, I would play Slash solos just like nonstop all the time. <laughs> 
And that was, that my, was, that was cool. my first. That was my first lick I learned on guitar was "Sweet Child of Mine." Yeah. That intro, I was like, "Let's yeah. go!" It was so cool. Like it was just like there was nothing cooler than that to me as a kid. Like that was like the the coolest thing. So I I did a lot of I listened to a lot of classic rock, Metallica, and then I slowly started morphing into lighter music. I got really into Red Hot Chili Peppers. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's kind of interesting how when you it's discover... Funny you, it's funny you say lighter music with them, because they were a punk band, like, in yeah. the 80s and shit. Like, yeah, I guess... Like, and some of their shit is, like, pretty heavy. Like, I've been, I've been to their show a couple times, and, yeah, yeah, they have those moments where, you know, you could vibe out, but... You know, they got some jump around shit, like a lot of their music, but no, I can see what you mean by lighter, like yeah. coming from Metallica. Yeah, and yeah, like yeah. That. Like I was into like Metallica and like even like Avenged Sevenfold. <laughs> Hell yeah. And then the Shredders. And then our, our band was started like, I, it was right when we switched singers pretty much to Logan Woods. Um, okay. He was more into like the like Daft Punk, like Get Lucky, like really funky songs and like Drought Chili Peppers. They really had like amazing funk songs and everything right so i started really delving into that and uh i kind of switched from playing les paul to more uh stratocaster and um i got really into john mayer and uh oh, okay hell yeah and like just like guitar players like guitar players because i didn't i didn't start singing Singer, songwriter guitar player type fucking yeah like. i didn't really start singing until i was like 16 and got got a girlfriend <laughs> like <laughs> then, I was, then i was like okay now i'm choosing <laughs> But before then, I was just but like... you love songs, baby. <laughs> I got you. But, uh, but, like, I was really into guitar solos for a long time. Mm. And, like, uh, um, Cliffs of Dover um, mm. by Eric Johnson. Um, that song, like... It's just funny how, like, you can dive into an artist and it kind of brings about, like, an awakening in you. Right, It, like, right. awakens something that's, like, lying dormant in you. And then you just, it feels so good to, like, just channel that out and everything through, like, playing guitar or whatever yeah. instrument. So I just went through phases like crazy. And um, then when I got a little bit older, um, I got super into hip hop and like uh, I got really into Childish Gambino. Mm. Um, and I saw him live with one of my best friends, um, Ezekiel Cho. Shout out to him. What era of Gambino? Because there was early when he was still on TV and rapping, like yeah, super yeah. heavy. Or did you go to the newer like singer songwriter, like uh, Redbone, all that type of it that was era uh, of Gambino. It was before Redbone, so um, oh, okay. I'm so he was he was still rapid rapping. Then twenty one now. I think it was I was like fourteen or fifteen. Um, oh, okay, yeah. He just released because the internet. I remember right mm. when it released, seeing it right mm. in iTunes being released. That would I was crazy so show. I was so intrigued, like because he released all of these short films. Like uh, he has that um, clapping for the wrong reasons, like a uh, short film. And that's, like, basically promoting his album. Right. And I watched that. I remember watching that. I don't know how many years ago that was now, like, five years ago. Um, and that was, like, really interesting to me. And I just learned that there's more talent um, still, like, in the industry um, that isn't just... Because before, I was kind of believing what my parents believed, where it's like, oh, music is dead now. Like, we've lost all the, <laughs> the legends and everything. Like, right. music's just going to shit. Like, that was that was... There, my mindset for a little while, but then all of a sudden I was like, "Wait, this Childish Gambino guy's like, yeah. like I, I saw his live show um, at the Myth um, in like 20, 
15, 20, 14. That's a pretty and cool place to see a show, depending on where you're standing at. Were you, were you in the pit? or We were right up front. Oh, we yeah. We were right up. And I remember, crazy. I remember we like we uh, made like a, a hand gesture to him, and then right. he did it back to us. And we were like, what? No, like, he knows we <laughs> Just exist. a little shit like that. You're like, like, I can't believe I'm in the same room as you, dude. Yeah, yeah. This is crazy. It was pretty cool as, as a teenager. and. And they had a full band and like they pulled up all these artists. Like, I don't know who these guys were, but they were they were all freestyling with Childish Gambino for right. a lot of the songs. And it's like, yeah, they had backing tracks every once in a while, but they had like a drummer, they had a bass player, they had a guitar player, they had a piano player. Like they had a whole band and they were freaking tight and they were freaking uh, good. And I was like, this is actually like talent. Like right. this is really, really like unbelievable so that's when i really started to like open my mind to all genres right and then i i kind of went out of the whole only guitar and then i started moving into like everything's an instrument right. even the computer is an instrument oh yeah definitely well especially with the rise of, you know edm music i mean it was always prevalent back in the day but then you see it morph into dubstep and you see these like european festivals that just flood out like tens of thousands of hundreds of thousands of people sometimes yeah. like but no um what you were saying about like talented people in the industry, I, I I was going through that same thing where I was like, oh, music's garbage. All these rappers are garbage. Little pump, like what the fuck, like what am I hearing? But then I realized it's like the music industry doesn't necessarily promote talented people. Like they won't put out like the most talented artists because necessarily they won't sell as good. They want to sell somebody who you know. What I see it as, they're just throwing darts, right? They're just throwing so much shit at the wall, and they're hoping they hit that bullseye to where, you know, mm -hmm. they can coast off that or build off that for, you know. Mm -hmm. Like, when I, like, that's why I felt weird about dropping music, because it's like, you know, it's just a drop in the pond, but that's what all this shit is, depending on how much money you're putting behind the advertising for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the rules have changed. Yeah, the rules have changed big time. And then you hear about streaming manipulation and shit too. That's why I don't really. That's why I'm not gonna stress about it that much this year anymore because it's you know, somebody's gonna hear it and connect to it. And if you know you change somebody's life, you get them thinking differently. Is you know, yeah, it's a step in the right direction. And I agree with that. Um, but I also think that people aren't stupid. Yeah, like the average yeah. listener isn't stupid. Like the average person just isn't dumb. Like everyone's got like a gut instinct and they can pick up on real and fake and everything. And they can, they can kind of get who a person is pretty quickly. And it's like, if you're putting out really, really like fucking good music, like people instantly are like, this is amazing. Right. Like yeah. I think of like someone like Tosh Sultana, um, who's like kind of in like my, Oh yeah. I've, I've seen, I've seen her. Um, she has the pedals and shit yeah. on the street and she, yeah. yeah, I heard some of her recorded music too. She's, yeah. Yeah, she's incredible. So, like, I'm sure that she's got amazing marketing backing her music as well. But I think to have the combination of, like, the really good business and marketing right. and your music is just so fucking And that's why good. I think, that's why I think like, R&B is starting to take over hip-hop a little more because these R&B, these singers, like, a lot of them really got pipes and can yeah. sing. And the production behind them is fantastic. And yeah. they got the marketing, too. So it's it's yeah. just, like, a perfect storm for them to sweep up and take over because like i said rappers you don't have to be the most intricate rapper rhyme the best words like yeah you know, it, it's an image situation yeah no all right so you graduated you're still wanting to move out to la and 
you know, just struggle as a musician? Where'd you go from there in your musical journey then? So I graduated a little young. Um, I was 17 when I graduated from high school, so I had to wait like six more months. And uh, I worked I worked a landscaping job during those six months, so I was just saving up. Okay. And then it's the day I turned 18, <laughs> I did you not, I flew, to L- I flew to California, Southern California, and I uh, worked on an organic farm. Oh, okay. Um, called Chandler Springs. Shout out to them. They're amazing. Um, and I, uh, I worked, I worked at a number of different farms. Right. Well, I'm guessing there's and enough work like that around in that around in yeah, that area. So yeah, there's a lot of different, a lot of different farms down there. Um, and Lavender Farm is amazing as well. But uh, I ended up meeting a bunch of people that were way different than anything I grew up around. Oh yeah, which was be, amazing. Yeah, oh for sure. Like there's a lot of weirdos in California. <laughs> <laughs> There aren't many weirdos in Minnesota. And it's you... not only that. That's where, like, weirdos go. It's not only, yeah. like, California yeah. weirdos. Like, it's... That's where they. That's where their safe haven is. It's <laughs> California. So, I... I w- it was really cool. Like, that's what I wanted. I wanted to meet people just completely different from the culture I was raised in. Right. Um, and it gave me a lot of inspiration for music. Um, I had a lot of new inspirations that I'd never, like head before and everything and it's like I still view myself as mainly a guitar player I think I always will but that's when I started getting ideas for lyrics and everything I started writing songs like myself with just just me with with lyrics and like a melody and like writing my own stuff and I managed to write so many songs I was when I was working on these off-grid organic farms because there's there wasn't much to do other than you work on the farm and then like there's no internet there there's no um, data, there's no LTE, right, or 3G. Yeah. so I would just read and I would write and it was just amazing. And I right, got such yeah. good sleep like every single night. And like, I was just thinking like all my friends are off in college, stressed out of their minds, <laughs> not, not knowing what they want to do with their lives. And I, I am so lucky to be able to just be on this farm right. and I know exactly what I want to do and I'm not going to get there tomorrow, but I'm able to be basically nurtured by this farm. And it's nurturing my creativity. It's nurturing my motivation. And right. Man, it was it was an amazing time. And I, I totally, I mean, it's, it's for any young man, I totally recommend you to travel on your own. And every time I talk to talk to a girl in the same shoes, it's just like, it's, it's a different story. It's like, if oh, you're a yeah, really pretty girl, like traveling on your own is freaking scary. No, yeah, definitely. So, a lot of slime balls for damn sure. Yeah. Like. So if you're a young man, don't be afraid. Just go out on your own. Just don't be, just don't be dumb. Right. For sure. <laughs> just listen to your gut. Yeah. No, yeah, definitely. A gut, gut saved my life a few times. That's for damn sure. <laughs> Cause yeah, yeah, that's, that's weird shit. I'm, I'm going to talk about that on another episode, instincts and shit like okay, that. Okay. Because cool, that's, cool. that's such an interesting topic, but all right, we'll move on. So you're out in California making these songs, and what, were you just hoping that you stayed out there, ran into the right people, and made something pop? Or Yeah, I was really hoping. I yeah. was really hoping for that. How, lo- how long were you out there for? I had, I had like one song when I first got there, and I was like, all right, this song's going to blow up. <laughs> <laughs> I was out there for like two and a half months at first. Um and I wasn't making any money, but I wasn't really spending a whole lot of money because right, I okay. was I was eating the food from the farm. Um, but I managed to the the owner of the farm. Um, he uh, he was a musician, and uh, he showed me other like shows and everything. And I went to and then I met other friends who were musicians there right, too. And yeah, it was really cool. They were really nice. Where like 
um they could they would just pick me up they would just pick me up from wherever and like i could just hang out with them it's like total gut check like i knew who they were they knew who i was so and i hear that's like a lot of the um culture over there is just linking up with people networking yeah lunches and just planning a bunch of shit out yeah yeah so like i went to some house concerts and i went to a molly tuttle house concert i had no clue who she was um but she's actually she's actually a pretty Pretty great singer-songwriter um, in the Americana music scene. Right. Um, and I, it was cool being being 18 and, and um, being exposed to that. Um, but I got to meet her and everything, and I saw her, her house concert and everything. And, Hell yeah. Um, then me and my friend, uh, we were both musicians, and they, the owners, the hosts of the house concert, they told us that we could play um, some songs um, at the house concert after she was done playing. So most people had left, like, it's not like we were playing in front of the whole crowd, but right. we were playing in front of, like, a number of people, and we were playing our own original songs. And and then the the host of the, the house concert was like, you know, there's this music conference coming up, like, in the next few weeks. It's called Taxi Road Rally. Um, it's by an A&R, independent A&R um, music company. And I was just like, holy shit, this is exactly what I want to do. And Hell I was yeah. like, I've got like $500 in my, my bank account. And I was waiting for exactly something like this to spend it on. So instantly, I got tickets to this music conference. I got tickets to uh, like stay in a hotel and everything with my other musician friends. Right. And uh, we all pooled in money and everything. And uh, it was pretty... Uh, it was pretty uh, um, rustic, I guess. Um, we, we all took the same car together up there from the farm. It's like L.A. was like um, two hours away with traffic. It's only like an hour without traffic, but traffic is always an Yeah, hour. That's, that's what I hear. That's like peanut butter and jelly. Yeah, yeah. So um, I went there, and I showed my original song that I was like, all right, this song's going to blow up. And I showed it to John Flanagan, who's a music producer and i saw in his his bio that he worked with howie day who's oh, like okay. the singer yeah. for like collide um and he's got a number number of other like um yeah, billboard songs yeah he's had billboard ones for sure but uh i showed him i showed him my song uh the unknown and he was like i really like this and he was like yeah this is actually really good okay. and i was like holy shit i've got like validation from drums in the music I'm doing and it. like <laughs> bam like i freaking made it and i was like so stoked and it was just like being young you just put all your you're eggs so in naive one you're so naive yeah. you think like one thing can change your whole life and then it doesn't but then like yeah. but you still it keeps you thirsty for more and to keep growing and like yeah. then you learn more and everything and i mean that's why they call it a break it just depends on what you do after it, you know it's yeah, yeah exactly that's a good way to put it so um so yeah i met made a lot of connections there um i got to take really cool um classes uh songwriting classes and just marketing classes and uh it just felt so good to be like around people who had that same fire Mm -hmm. like everyone there had the same fire that i had or whatever exactly and like i was just like this is exactly what i was looking for and um, I found out about other music conferences there um, through vendors and everything. I found out about Hawaii Songwriting Festival when I was there. And I saw that, and I had the same exact feeling that I, f- I had when I was like, okay, I want to go to California and like spend some time there. It's like, I want to go to Hawaii, and I want to just experience um, the culture there. Right. Because um, I always knew about Jack Johnson and like Jason Mraz and like Kobe Calais and Right, right. Not all of them live there, but like a lot of them had spent time there, and I saw how 
And um, you can, and you can really see it in their mu- music. It must have been a huge influence. Exactly. For them. Like, yeah, exactly. So. so that was always there in the back of my head, and it's like, what? What is that? What is that like? Uh, um, what does that, that taste like? What is whatever, that essence yeah. like? It's like you kind of have to go there to really like know. So um, the next year, I ended up going back home for the holidays and everything, and mm-hmm. then I worked like a landscaping job and a bunch of other jobs um, here in Mankato. Um, but then I saved up my money again. I did the same exact thing that I did um, when I was in California, but this time in Hawaii. Right. Uh, when I was 19. Okay. So um, I went to an organic farm there, and then I had an even cool, like an e- another like another wave of inspiration and everything. And those those two trips are are the most uh, um, the biggest uh, inspiration. Those two trips are the some of the biggest inspiration that I've had for my songs. Right. So for any artists that really want to um, learn how to inspire yourself where you can write songs that you didn't know you could write, you got to go out of your comfort zone and you got to meet people you've Definitely, never met and you've got to yeah. go to places you've never seen. You got to get out of your hometown. Some of the best songs ever are about traveling. Like, yeah. You know, Beatles, Beach Boys, like, you know, it's yeah. kind of crazy. I never really thought of it like that. Like, yeah, I mean... I mean, even I went and visited a buddy out in D.C., and I didn't really get any musical inspiration about it, but it's just like, you know, being in a different setting, it, like, resets you or yeah. gives you a different, like, type of vibe to bring back. But I've heard uh, before in, from some, I think, like, Jordan Peterson, the psychologist guy. Right, right. Um, he said that when you travel to a new place, it actually, like, new cells in your body is, like, that's been lying dormant. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like listening to new music. It's, like, something that was always in you but never was brought out right. comes out. I guess just depending on how far you travel, but in some places you're going to a whole different climate, like yeah, climate zone, like different environments. So yeah, you're you're definitely bringing back something with you, like yeah, it changes who hmm. you are for sure. That's tight. That's tight. All right. So um, so after these two trips, um, when did you start um going downtown busking heavily? Because that's where I see you mainly now doing music, and I feel like. You know, every time I see you, there's a new group of drunk assholes around you fucking screaming, <laughs> singing off key and shit. So so I feel like you're kind of like making a way for yourself down there. You're kind of like a staple of, you know, downtown. Because when I first started going downtown, I would see you and maybe a couple of other people. But now it's just you. So it seems like you cornered the market, drove out the competition, strong armed them or something like <laughs> like it's some gangster shit. I love it. So, <laughs> But no, I'm just wondering, like. What inspired you to start doing that heavily and being, you know? Thank you. Thank you. Um, Yeah, um, it was definitely out of my comfort zone. Um, The first time I went busking was in Nebraska uh, when I was going on a road trip down to California um, with my friend Maggie. Um, Shout out to her if you're watching this. Uh, Me and her, uh, we played a couple songs at like a grocery store um, in Nebraska. And it was the most awkward thing in the world. Like, what the hell are we doing? <laughs> like like that Walmart kid yodeling type shit? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It, like, people were giving us some pretty funny looks. <laughs> I couldn't even imagine doing that. Like, I remember, yeah, I've, I've had a couple weird gigs, but never, like, just set up in a store like, hey, yo, yo, I got something to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But we, we did it. And then I was like, okay, well, I've just, I don't know who it was that really, like, made me want to do it so so much um it was just i think i remember being in high school and i saw someone else 
um, he had like, I don't know who his name, what his name is. And like, it'd be great if, if I saw his face, I don't even know if I'd recognize it anymore. But <laughs> I was like 16 and I was at that point where I was like, I got to get the hell out of here out of right, this town. Yeah. I got to like, I got to grow and like do what I want to do and everything. And, uh, I saw, I saw right in St. Peter, um, at the grocery store, there was this guy with like this little piece of cardboard with like a Sharpie. He wrote need money for gas. And he was just strumming his guitar with his guitar case open and I remember I tipped him like $5 or something. And I was just like, dude, like, can I come with you? <laughs> like, I don't know where you're going, but I'm willing to come with you. Oh, yeah. And he was saying that he was on his way down to Colorado to like meet up with his girlfriend or something. And I was just like, this guy is so interesting. And, right. And uh, so, and I remember like, I was trying to like, I was asking him a bunch of questions. He's probably getting annoyed by me. He's like <laughs> this like teenager, like. And then, Start dropping dollars. And then he was like, he was like, I just need to drive. And like, he was just like, I got to go. Like, he's like, I just need to drive and think or whatever. And I was like, man, I wish I could come with you. So that, that really stuck out in my head when I was younger. And I was just like, I want to do that. Right. Like, I just sound, it just seems so like gangster. I guess you could say like, it, it, it feels good to be able to make money on your own. Right. Like, I mean, it's the, you know, it's entrepreneurship, but it's, you know. At the base, essentially, yeah, just you like, being on a street corner advertising your music to whoever's there, like yeah, and like I don't—it's the most grassroots you can get. Yeah, and I don't know a whole like I I don't know a whole lot about like um like the culture, but I know that like if if you're like a drug dealer, for example, you can become like a really good entrepreneur because you know how to make money. Uh, right. Yeah. Like, exactly. You, you know a lot of valuable stuff. Like and like. I'm not saying that I want to, like, become a drug dealer. I'm, I'm not becoming a drug dealer, mom and dad. But I just know that, like, um, being able to learn that stuff on your own um, mm -hmm. is so important. And that just that seemed mo so much more appealing to me to learn something um, like that, be right. becoming self-sustainable. Even if it isn't a whole lot in the beginning, it's like you're, right. out of, you're not in debt. You don't have to work for someone else. Exactly. It's like I would yeah. much rather be living like in a vehicle, like li living in my car, and like making my own money off of my music, um, because that money I earned, and like that's money that that came from my own entrepreneurial pursuits, um, rather than working under someone that I dislike for a company that I don't want to work for. I don't believe in the company's vision. It's like you could I could be making like six figures from that, and I still wouldn't really. I wouldn't feel very fulfilled. Um, oh yeah, and that and that's kind of the same mindset I'm in, where it's like if it's not making me feel happy or good inside, if I have to, you know, God, what's the word I'm looking for? If I have to compromise my feelings or my truth, it's like it's, it's not even worth it to me anymore. Because yeah. in the end, I'm just gonna regret whatever I'm doing or not doing that I really want to do. So yeah. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I, uh, I really delved into busking. Um, I decided to um, just give it a shot here in Mankato a year ago. Um, and it was really uncomfortable the very first time I did it, but it was pretty quick where, like, I kind of got into a rhythm. Um, it just seemed like people here were just, like, waiting for, for someone to go out with their guitar and start singing songs. Right, like, right. It's like, like I said, I'll walk by you. You got a different crowd of people, you know, yeah. like vibing out, watching, yelling shit. So yeah, so it was it was pretty amazing to uh, have that connection with with my hometown, basically. Right. Um, and that's kind of been the foundation of my fan base now is uh, is been being here, street performing. Right. I love playing shows, but like being there, it's like I'm able to have like an hour long conversation with someone if right. I want. 
and like and then I can just keep playing into yeah. the night. No, and that's interesting too that you say you would rather do that than set up actual performances because, like, if you're getting reaction and traction off that, then why not take that lane if no one else is doing? Like I said, nobody else is out there. Yeah. So you know they got to gravitate towards you. Yeah. Yeah, I'm that's lucky. what I was gonna ask too. If that like. You know, if you're able to make a little cash off it, what the money's like, and if you're able to at least have a little spending money, or yeah, um, it's been it's been a, a great um, um, side income and everything. Right, yeah. um, I've been a big believer in multiple sources of income, so um, I've been giving guitar lessons. If anyone wants guitar lessons from me, TannerPetersMusic.com. Um, feel free to hit me up. At the um, website. Look at this. Yeah, kid. yeah, Killing yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like, I'm offering guitar lessons um, with a busking. That's been great. Um, and then I'm working on, on uh, just building as many, many uh, multiple streams of income as possible. So like, I know that I can never live off of um, busking. Right. Yeah. Um, it's definitely been a, a boost, um, which has been amazing. Right. Um, but I've learned that my foundation has got to be a bunch of things all at once. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. So, yeah, feel free to stop by uh, Mankato Plaza, uh, Red Rocks, uh, Rounders, um, and Underground. It's really cold right now, so I'm indoors right now. <laughs> but feel free to come say hi to me. Um, if it's a weekend, it's most likely I'm going to be there. <laughs> Hell, yeah. No, yeah, you'll see him. And so um, that leads to, so you were just busting around town. And when did you get the idea to try to go for the Guinness World Record of the longest <laughs> street performance? Because when I saw you doing that, I was like, what? That's, that's interesting. Like, how many hours was it? The original record? Uh, the, the record uh, before was 25 hours. <sighs> I looked it up, and I looked up the longest time someone's played guitar. Because I was like, right. that's something I could do. Right. And I saw that it was like five days straight. And I was like, that's not something I can do. What the fuck? So then I was like, what's my second favorite thing to do other than just play guitar? Well, street perform. Like that's, right. it's basically the same thing, but like I'd be singing as well and I'd be out on a street and I would be like right. making like street tips while I'm out here busking. So I was right. like, what's the world's longest busk? I looked it up and it was held by two teenagers in England. Um, shout out to them. It'd be cool if I met you guys one day. Um, Flick it up. <laughs> I don't know how old they are now because that was a number of years ago. Right, right. But uh, I was just like, I'm just going to go for it. And I, at first I wasn't going to do it, but then I I'm, I was on the phone with my friend, um, Dustin Gill. Shout out to Drawn to the Sky. He's got amazing music. Um, he's from Mankato. Um he he told me I gotta do it. He's like, you have to. He's like, he's. Like, well, my question is, how like, could you repeat songs? Like, what was the parameters of? Because like, twelve hours of music, like covers, like, I could probably do fifteen minutes singing songwriting right now, just because I'm ass at guitar and singing at the same time. But how do you, like, how do you come up with that much music to perform for twelve hours or? Yeah. What, what was like the guidelines for what, yeah. it, what you had to do? I looked up the rules and the rules uh, were pretty simple. Uh, it was like you get a five minute break every hour so you can you know, like use the bathroom right, so you don't right. explode. Get a little drink or something. You can get yeah. a drink. You can take a, eat some um, gummies or right, like right. something that you can eat fast or whatever. Right. <laughs> and like uh, you can't repeat a song within four hours. Okay. So, like, yeah. Every that's, four okay. hours you can restart. 
So you just have to put together a four hour set that you can yeah, recycle. Yeah, just recycle. Okay. So it was, it got pretty easy. I like the week before I just wrote down every song that I knew. Um, I wrote down, uh, 200 songs. Um, Damn. but that was because I've been playing my whole life. So right, it's like, right, if, yeah. if you play like a certain like thing, your whole life, like it, it eventually right. accumulates. So I was like, this is, this is like the only world record I stand a chance at. Because right. This is what I've been spending my whole life doing. So, um, it was 200 songs. Not all of them I had the words like perfectly memorized. Right. So I don't know if I played every single 200 song, um, like 200 songs, right. but I did come close. It might have been like 90 some percent or whatever. Right, right. But like you can you can see the footage. So like the footage is on my Facebook page, Tanner Peterson Music. Um, we were we live streamed the whole world record so we could prove to Guinness. Right. Because right. my mind was like, okay, if we have the evidence, Guinness can't can't turn us down. It's right. Like, yeah. Exactly. You gotta be you gotta be so good that they can't ignore you. Or whatever. So mm-hmm. I was like, all right, we're gonna do it. We recorded the whole thing. Um, we were lucky enough to get like all these different uh, companies and uh, sm- local businesses uh, from Mankato to get in on it. KYC, shout out to them for filming me while I was right. doing it and putting me on the channel, Channel 10 News. Channel 12. Channel 12 News. Um, shout out to them and uh, for like the free press and everything. And for it was really cool. Oh, it yeah. was, it was. No, yeah, I saw, I saw it pumped around all over the place. Like I made it to Twitter. Like I was like, yeah, yeah it, was just, it was crazy. Yeah, Mankato, like we all full sent it together. Like it was a community thing. Like if I was to just be out there doing it completely by myself, like. It would have been. It wouldn't have been what it was. Like oh. it was like the whole flipping twenty six hours. Like, <laughs> one thing I regret because I was getting off work one time. I was like, "Yo, he's he's doing it right now. I should drive up there and be like, yo, what's up?'" And just head out. But I, I'm tired. I, I get off work at like four thirty in the morning, so I was like, "No, nah, I'm, I'm going home." I well, said, I, yeah, but I was debate. It was a coin toss for me. I was thinking about driving in and checking it out for a little bit. Well, I'll be honest. It was it was overwhelmingly positive. Like, it was it was it was a lot to take in, and I, <clears throat> I mean, if you see the footage of me right when I finished, like you can tell that I was I was basically done. Right. <laughs> but I was just like I wanted to be in a figuratively, it's just literally, funny. spiritually, all that. It's funny. I was really really working on like being as because <coughs> the the whole brand Tanner Pearson Music like Good Vibe Tribe has right. been the wristbands I've been handing out. Hell I'm yeah. all about good vibes. I will never sing a song that's like. Oh, everything bad. Everything's bad. Everything sucks, and like, there's no hope. Like, I would never, <laughs> I would never sing a song. Like, I always believe in like leading to something better, and to right. and to. There's always a reason to have a smile on your face and everything, and there's always a reason to be happy you're alive and everything. And so, I want that to be a big part of my brand is to just be good vibes and like oh, yeah. to to just be have gratitude and everything for just something as simple as like being able to breathe and everything. So. um I wasn't quite super good vibes at the end of the 26 <laughs> hours. I feel really bad. Okay, vibe but, tribe towards the but end. But, like, it was amazing. It was right. amazing for the 26 hours. Everyone was cheering me on. And, like, for the whole 26 hours, even at 4 a.m., like, <laughs> shout out to Janelle Johnson again, my photographer. Um, I'll keep you as my photographer forever. She was there, like, at 4 a.m., like, 5 a.m. <laughs> Like she That's was there with insane. me, just like, che- like making sure that the the camera wasn't turning off because it was so cold and everything. Right, my phone right. would crap out or run out of battery or whatever. We had the live stream going the whole entire time, and I just pushed through it because of everyone else just cheering me on and everything. So 
it's been a really great way to just bring people together. Right, um, definitely. And so, that's and that and that's yeah, like I said, the main thing I saw, you always see a group of people having a good time, singing their ass off, smiling, so yeah, it's a good thing and congrats because like I said, I could do fifteen minutes right now if I really tried. Twenty, maybe, if I stretched it, didn't extend a guitar solo. But no, like yeah, that shit's crazy. Alright, so we've been going for about an hour so far. And so we'll wrap it up soon. I just got one more one more question for you that I like asking other creatives where with their creative process, like how how does you, how do your how do you work? What's your best way to work? What happens during writer's block or a creative slump? Like just to maybe help somebody that's going through that right now or yeah. just, just tips for the future. Yeah, I totally feel all, all you artists out there that uh, feel like you're in a rut creatively and everything. Um, I'm just learning that you got to do something out of your comfort zone. Um, I think usually if you're in a rut, usually if you have writer's block, it means you're too comfortable. Mm. I'm pretty sure that's exactly yeah. what it means. So I switch the situation up in some form or yeah, some way. Yeah, so um, I've been writing. Um, I... Uh, I'm working on writing a song a day. It's just mm. inspirations tends to come and go. But as long as you're always ready and you keep your pencil sharp and everything, like you keep you yeah you're ready. Like your your instrument is like tuned up for once the inspiration comes to mm-hmm. you. So um, I've been really working on that. I've got new music coming out on the way. I'll be releasing a new single um, within the next month. Um, it's called Midnight Call, and I'm super stoked. Um, and I, I just released a music video um, for my song Sanity that I released last year. Yeah, I just checked that out. That shit looked pretty good. That shit looked fire. So uh, huge shout out to Twin uh, Peaks Media, Sebastian Gilbertson. He's the guy who does film for Modest Music and everything. Bass. And we're out. here in in, uh, in Belts's uh, crib right now, which is freaking dope. First yeah, time sh- I've ever been here. Shout out sweet. to him. Let me set it up on a day's notice. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's super fire. But yo, yeah, if there's anything else you want to plug, tell people to follow where to follow you at. and yeah. Um, so, uh, TannerPetersonMusic.com, you can contact me there, uh, on any platform, Tanner Peterson Music, um, I've been writing a lot recently, so I'm planning on releasing a lot of new music, um, this year, I plan on staying out of my comfort zone the whole entire time, Yeah. so, uh, it's gonna be a good year, 2020, so, um, yeah. yeah, feel free to just hit me up, I'd love to just meet you and connect with you, and, uh, and uh, help you follow your dreams as well. Hell yeah. All right. Well, thank you, sir. Awesome, man. Good podcast. Thanks for coming through. And yeah, hopefully we can collab on more in the future. You're always welcome to come on here and advertise albums, music videos. Just want to chat again. Let people know what you're up to. We can do that, all right? Dope, man. All right, cool. Thank Thanks you. so much. Yeah. I'm asking what the fuck you want. What the fuck you Trying to get it lit, turn this ball into a brick, turn this song into a hit. I said, What the fuck you want? You can find me at the crib with my girlfriend and the kid. Trying to work and stay legit. I said, What the fuck you want? Still, I'm trying to move around, burn the venue to the ground. Sit some hand and smoke a pound. How? What the fuck you want? Trying to be a better man, live my life more disciplined. I'm just doing what I can. Damn. Uh-huh. What the fuck you my want? My main objective is to stay working to keep the music.
time relaxing while truth and twist the boo. I, I do this more than rapping, but that shit had to switch. Because wasting talent is the baddest sin you can't commit. That's just something from my daddy that he told me. Yes, it can. Say no phony acting, hone your craft and don't hold back a bit. Now the flow like a magic trick, this shit so elaborate. When I get the mold and patterns low, it's so immaculate. I was with the homies cracking whips. Had the license, was getaway driving when we had the dip. Couple chases, had to spin it like I'm racing at the finish. The only time that I got caught, I was dolo. I was drinking, I was tripping over a chicken that was living in Vegas. I was about to fly around and get to spend it my paper. Now it's about four years later, in the mode shits I'm over with. It. Now I'm relaxing, dropping hooks just like I'm going fishing. Cause I'm just trying to get it lit. Turn this ball into a brick, turn this song into a hit. What the fuck you want? So you can find me at the crib with my girlfriend and the kid Tryna work and stay legit, shit What the fuck you want? So still I'm tryna move around, burn the venue to the ground Sip some hand and smoke a pound What the fuck you want? Tryna be a better man, live my life more disciplined I'm just doing what I can, damn What the fuck you want? I'm just tryna break a sweat, going hard, pay respect Float to bars, get a check, check What the fuck you want? I'm just looking for the plug, brain cooking off of drugs Straight crook like Donald Trump. What the fuck you want? I'm just trying to hit the stage. Do my dance like hit and play with these bands all in your face. Bitch. What the fuck you want? Trying to live up in the moment. In the moment. Stay away from all that ho shit. Stay in focus. And man, stay focused. That's what I'm telling y'all. Stay focused. You bummed out. He's not doing this. She not doing that. He not doing. Fuck. What the fuck are you on, man? Next time you get pissed off about some other shit, ask yourself, what the fuck am I on? What you on? This is a public service announcement from Cloud 6, bitch.